Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by the D-Gen collector, James Key. Hello. Dude, you you don't know. He's not even close to D-Gen. Trust Degen- me. Yeah. You, you don't know Degenerate. I've seen Degenerate. I have seen what Degeneratism is, and it is not me. We're also joined by Udi Prime, Maddie Keith. He says that because I bought a Gengar hoodie or Gengar Udi special collaboration with Udi and Pokemon, obviously. And my first pair of Prime sunglasses arrived today. Yo, Udi Prime sounds like a shitty anime character. <laughs> we it's, defeated yeah, Udi, it, but Udi Prime is next. No, it's like a, it's it's mostly like an RPG boss, not an anime character. It's same you know, shit untrue but yeah two things showed up in the mail this weekend i was very happy these are only prime part one prime part two the golds are coming yeah i think prime part two are all on the same release date i think mm-hmm. december yeah. 1st is my ship date we get, yeah we get double trouble dustin and i on, on those ones yeah we I'm get not the gonna, golds and the blacks i'm not gonna lie you guys are gonna really like them i'm currently wearing them for those who can't see maybe we need like, to go oh, somewhere <laughs> all at the same time wearing these glasses Maybe I'll maybe what I'll do is give give like your most comfortable picture because I'll just screen cap and post to the Instagram so we get something to post. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, yeah, I was gonna say like what you should do, just literally take a screenshot right now of All your right. Discord call and like okay. there's your next post. Post it right now and be like, hey, we're recording episode eighty two right now, dropping tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Done. All right, um, are you ready? Three. Oh, wait, no, because if it's a screen cap, it freezes the screen. So three, two, one. There it is. Okay, right. perfect. Yeah, On content, this week's episode of 43.6, we're going to be talking about the Edmonton Oilers, Nikita hey. Zadorov, Alex Galchenyuk, Cooperalls, DeMarlo Hale, a Week 10 in the NFL, and our picks for Week 11. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. At this point in the show, we like to talk about what's been going on in our lives. I got a couple things, uh, but James, you actually went somewhere this past Yeah, man. And you I went people. to the uh, Toronto Sports Card Expo. Um, runs twice a year. I know I talked about it the last time I went, but this was the fall edition. Went all three days. Thursday is like a VIP like industry night. So it's mostly vendors and like VIP ticket holders that get to like peruse the floor early. Um, but I did go. Okay. The, I know, right? You get a bag or something for going early, whatever. Um, but I went like the three main days. Uh, first time I've ever done that. I went Friday, Friday solo. Took my daughter on Saturday with my cousin. And then Sunday was supposed to be a buddy of mine, but he fell ill. And uh, my brother came and, and our other mutual friend came. So it was good, man. It was like 30,000 people um, packed a lot of a lot of stuff, man. I said it before and, and nothing's really changed from this perspective. It's a lot of hockey, like a lot of vintage hockey cards, a lot of um, just like, I guess it's a Canadian thing. Apparently in the US, if you go to card shows, the, the sports are a little more spread out, but um it's cool, man. They had all sorts of guests, like Leafs, like Max Domi, 
Joseph Wall, Matthew Nyes, Leaf Captains, I think Doug Gilmore, Daryl Sittler, and Dave Keon. Ric Flair was signing. Mike Tyson was signing. Um, yeah, it's a, like a wild guest list. Uh, Ray Bork, Peter Forsberg was there, um, which is really cool. I, can only, I, just, I just wish I knew where Ric Flair and Mike Tyson were going after the show. You know what I mean? Well, I saw on uh, social media, one guy was like, highlight of my life was using the urinal right after Mike Tyson. <laughs> so I guess like he used the same urinal Mike Tyson did, which is kind of, so, you know, after his signing, he went to the bathroom. Um, Tyson, hey guys, after this, I'm going to be going to Whiskey A Go Go if you would like to come with me. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like there's got to be a place that they all went to after. Because you know, Ric Flair is going out. Oh, they're oh. going together. 100% they're going together. Both of both of them and their very distinct voices are going somewhere at the same time. It'll and it'll be chaos. Like could you imagine if both those guys like ended up with a brass rail? Wild. No, I I can't it's not that I I, I think that's more likely than them being like, "Hey, let's go somewhere for dinner." And just <laughs> You know what I mean? You want to go to the keg? Nah, brass rail. We we can get wings on the way. Or just eat there. Whatever works. <laughs> if Ric Flair just elbow drops the buffet table when he gets <laughs> in there. <laughs> so uh, I did make a few pickups. Uh, I bought uh, another Wendell Clark autograph because they'll never make another like him. Um, I did buy a Sauce Gardner rookie autograph uh, at a very good price. Uh, what else did I... Uh, William Nylander rookie card, uh, which I think I'm going to send off for grading because... Which is funny. Uh, I bought the William Nylander on Saturday, and I joked with the guy at the table. I'm like, if he pots another one or two tonight, you guys are going to be out in the next morning with all your price guns repricing this. And lo and behold, I got mine for 50 bucks. And after he scored again on Saturday, everyone on Sundays were $80. So they did jack the price with his performance. But overall, it was awesome, man. I, like, like I said, there was tons and tons of people Tons of stuff going down. Um, yeah, you should come one time, Dustin. You'd like it, man. Like, there, it's just like if you like sports, there's tons of stuff. Yeah, I guess when I see stuff like this, I always assume it's just cards, and I don't really have. It's, not that it's a have it's a lot of cards. cards. It's just I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. It's a lot of cards, but like if you just like being around sports and hearing people talk about sports, like. Every time I talk to a guy at a table about like a card or something, it usually ends up in a conversation about that player, right? So, which is kind of neat. Um, but yeah, I saw friends, ran into people, which was great. Tons of kids. The like, people treat kids really well there. Like they give them free things, and they're always very polite and pleasant to kids, which is great. Um, and the expo is real. They let all kids under thirteen in free. The one thing I will say, dude, th- this hobby is being taken over by children there are kids like 10 11 12 years old at tables like wheeling and dealing like adults like literally saying like come on man no man 80 dollars. this is not a this is not a this is 80 dollars. recent comps in november somebody bought it for 85 so 80 should be and the guy's like nah man best i'll give you a 70 and like the kids just like like on point it's wild but yeah, I good wonder time if that's them just growing up with Pokemon. 
and just like a card economy is something they're actually quite used to. It's it almost teaches them business, which is kind of neat. But um, yeah, man, I kind of miss it already. It's a, it's a lot of fun, but it's very tiring, but a lot of fun. Maddie, what about you? I was there Sunday. <laughs> I was there Sunday. Like it's cool. Like Jim said, you know, there's there's some cool shit to look at. There's some stuff that you know you're just like, oh, that's really cool. You know, where you know maybe so. They have Gretzky skates autographed from, I think, like his last season in St. Louis or something like that for all the 12 games he fucking played there. Oh, yeah. The Leafs equipment sale. Oh, yeah. They also had like the Leafs equipment sale. So Nylander's got really tiny fucking hands. I got to say, dude's got small ass hands. I wear smaller than normal gloves for someone my size just because like I don't like like a big fucking glove coming down your wrist and shit like that. I just or too chunky. I just feel like it gets in the way. But his are very, very, very small to the point where I had to like shove my hand in the glove pretty hard. Um, well, but maybe like, it's the secret. Maybe that's what you need to start doing. If you want to start playing like the best player in the NHL, you're going to start wearing smaller gloves. I mean, it's uh, they were nice. They were the um, the Bieber ones, like the uh, whatever they call those jerseys, the black ones. It was the black glove. Oh, right. Yeah. And then they also had the St. Pat's gloves, the greens, which were nice. And some <laughs> of the helmets and shit. I thought I he said thought you Bieber. Like, no, I, I got the Bieber part, but like I, w- I wasn't piecing that together of the the jersey. I was just thinking, like, does he have a collaboration with CCM that I'm not aware of? Like, is there a Justin Bieber collection of hockey equipment now? Yeah, no, but it's so like stuff like that's cool. I like the equipment sale, or there's other stuff that's pretty cool where, you know, it's um, there's this one thing I saw where it was a board that has all of Tigers winning putts for the Masters and I think the British Open, which is pretty cool. Um, just stuff like that, that, you know, <clears throat> I like to see because like I'm not massive into collecting cards the way Jim is. Um, my collection goes for like other stuff, but uh, it's just yeah, like it's just cool to see some of the stuff that you come across, you know, autograph football helmets and stuff. The one thing I will say is the matte football helmets are so much nicer to look at than the glossy ones. 100%. Mm-hmm. I almost knocked like my entire fucking setup over. It's pretty funny. <laughs> like, like my- I thought you were like in extreme agreeance that the matte football helmets. Yeah, that's helmets. what I thought too. I was like, do you, you really feel strongly about the matte football helmets. It's... The problem is, like, when I went to San Francisco, like, one of the, like, I don't know what we call these things, the rubber protector things on your headphones, like, one of them fell off in the plane. I'm like, I'm never going to find this fucking thing ever again. So I ordered some more from Amazon. But, like, they're either too small or too big. Like, there's no perfect size of what the last one used to be. So I've been having a hard time to get them to stay in my fucking head. You know so anyways, works? my headphones... If you get, like... um What's it called? Uh, glue. And then you put glue and then stick it in your ear. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. I'll, <laughs> I'll get right on that. <laughs> he just walks oh, yeah. around with headphones perpetually in his ear. Like like everyone else in Toronto. Don't worry. Yeah, they yeah. just walk around with their fucking headphones in all day. Yeah. Although it is, it does bother me how many people just call it AirPods now. Like the word headphones is gone. Oh, I just use earbuds. I say earbuds or headphones. But he's, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like AirPods has now become the category of headwear. It's head, a band like, Yeah. It's a proprietary eponym, I think, is the term where you use the brand rather than yeah. the actual product. And yeah, we have the same problem point with, at work with like Nerf. 
Or just like construction toys, like people just call them Legos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even though it could be a mega block or some shit, right? Yeah. But Sunday, cool. It was cool to see that stuff. Saturday, we had a big family thing up at my uncle's, which was kind of nice. Um, seeing everyone together and, you know, um, especially now as as things start growing, it's it's nice. And I don't know if this is odd or kind of like mean for me to think this, but it's nice having the kid because then I don't have to be on or like, you know, be the one to be like in the circle doing all the talking because they all just focus on the kid. So then it's like, here, have fun with her, pay attention to Shiny her. And I can thing. just, yeah, I could just go off and, you know, kind of chill and not have to like, do you know what I mean? So, but no, it was good. It was cool. It was a long weekend for me. I was off today. My industry does not work on this day. So again, t- today spent time with the wife and the kid, took her out to the mall. She actually likes to look at all the Christmas decorations and all the lights and shit like that. So no, it was cool. Yeah, because today we are recording on the 13th of November. But since Remembrance Day in Canada, or I guess it's Veterans Day or something like that in the US. Um, something that's like a that. holiday in parts of the country. Whatever reason, Alberta gets it off, but we don't. But I guess uh, depending on what industry you work in, sometimes you get those holidays as well. However, um, more importantly, clubs like you don't. No, I definitely don't. More importantly, today is the day where the Game Awards got announced. So I trust that both of you have done your civic duty and you've gone out there and voted. And if you haven't yet, it's thegameawards.com. And there's like a lot to vote for. It's it's astronomical the amount of shit you have to vote for now. It's like the fucking Oscars. Oh, there's like more categories. It's interesting. I could have sworn I already logged in and voted, but now it's asked me to do it again. So I don't know if my votes even Best counted. game again, using a D-pad. There's 31 total categories. And the one that only people generally care about is going to be game of the year, which, of course... We've talked about before in this show, and um, my vote right now is with Spider-Man 2. The nominees are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and Spider-Man 2. Um, there's a 0% chance I think Spider-Man 2 is going to win. It's going to go to Baldur's <laughs> Gate. Yeah, I was gonna say like, it's going to go to Baldur's Gate. Like it's gonna be it's the artsy farty like no not artsy farty. Remember, but it's like, if this if this is fan vote though, like as critically acclaimed as Baldur's Gate three was in terms of pure fandom, it'd be Zelda. Maybe I don't disagree. I think if it's not gonna be Baldur's Gate, it will be Zelda. But you have to also consider. I think there's a big overlap in the people that like Zelda and the people that like Baldur's Gate. And I think they're all going to fare on the side of Baldur's Gate. I think. But, I, I could like, be wrong. Best Game Direction. Awarded for Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovation in Game Direction Design. Here's what I'm going to say. Baldur's yeah. Gate. So, like, hypo- these are what the categories are for Game Direction. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. I would say out of all of these, it's probably Alan Wake 2. In terms of... Uh, game direction, direction? Yes. yeah no i voted for alan wake 2 for game direction yeah. because Baldur's gate is just a tabletop turn-based rpg that they just made massive and did like a lot of cool stuff but it's not like they innovated anything i think the really interesting thing with alan wake was some of like the live action stuff and then the mm-hmm. game stuff like it's 
and I think that's where critically, like if you think about this as like an analytical level, that makes sense. But then you're going to have people being like, it doesn't matter about that. They just want their game to win regardless of what it actually is for. Yeah, I think in some circumstances, I'm I'm voting for the one I think deserves it the most. But when it comes to game of the year, I think people just have different things that they gravitate to. Like to me, I will never vo- vote for Baldur's Gate. I'll never play Baldur's Gate because that's a little too fucking nerdy for me. Like it's not I only really is it a turn based RPG, but it's also a turn based RPG, like a fantasy turn based RPG. And not only is it a fantasy turn based RPG, but it's also based in Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm like, this is like, it's just not my I, thing, right? No, I really, really want to fucking play it. So, well, but I mean, no, like, yeah. bust out my fucking twenty sided die, and no, this is this is not happening. And the no. same with Zelda, though. Like it, Zelda, for me, just never caught on. Like I've never really sat down and played a lot of a Zelda game. And I'm not suggesting this because it's a bad game. Of course not. Like that'd be ridiculous to say it's a bad game. People love this thing, but for me, it's just not, just not for me. So, anyways, I'm voting from uh, Spider Man Two. Matty, who are you voting for? For Game of the Year? Yeah. Uh, probably Zelda because I can't vote for Alan Wake. I never played it. I can't vote for, um, Baldur's Gate because I only watched heavy playthroughs. Like, I know that's almost not fair, but I, I would say that out of the games on that list that I played, I think one, I don't agree remakes making it on there, but, um, I just think Zelda as story and, my connection to the game and everything like that. That's what got me. James, I was going to ask you as well, but your headphones are currently off your head. <laughs> what is your game of the year, James? Uh, I wish I had the time to play any of these really. Um, I've played Spider-Man. I played wonder. I fucking hate the new Zelda mechanics. So that on that one, um, didn't play Baldur's Gate, and I would play Alan Wake if I wasn't such a pussy, so <laughs> probably... You still play half the games on this list, though, right? No, I played two. No, you said you played Zelda, Wonder, and Spider-Man. No, uh, I said I won't play Zelda, because I hate my weapons breaking. Oh, yeah, I also hate the weapons breaking thing, too. It's it's infuriating. Right, so um, if I voted, I'd probably vote Spider-Man 2. But Wonder's pretty cool too. The only thing about Wonder is that like I want to play with my kid, but some of it's like really frustrating. Like it can be mm-hmm. like Wonder can be actually like kind of challenging um, to do some of the things. And it, you know, like I like playing with my kid, but she gets frustrated that she's not keeping up. Fair enough. So yeah, there's 31 categories. We're not going to go through all of these, but um, I'm interested to see what happens because I think we've all but confirmed Grand Theft Auto Six is happening at the show. Yeah, I mean, it, when they say December and early December mm-hmm. is what they said. Look I don't know, man. Trailer early December. I kind of feel like Rockstar doesn't like the, if I were, I do my own thing. I don't know that you need that platform. I agree. Well, like, what if Jeff Keighley's paying you? Well, I was gonna say it's more of a coup for Jeff than it would be anything for Rockstar, right? Like the Game Awards would get the benefit. It does nothing for Rockstar mm-hmm. to to do it there. Um yeah, I can see I it being mutually <laughs> beneficial. Yeah. Of like, now everyone, please welcome my good friend Hideo Kojima to reveal Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably how it's gonna go. No, but like, 
I think there's more to gain for Jeff Keighley to be able to do that announcement there than there's I mean. for Rockstar. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but I don't, here's the thing. Like they the game awards have always been very like here's what our atten- or not attendance. Here's what our viewership numbers were. So much so like if you go to their website and click on rewind, it shows you like all the previous years. And the first thing at the very top, it says TGA, the Game Awards, 2022, aired on this date. The very first thing it says, viewership, 103 million. If yeah, I was, mean, if it is Rockstar's- at the, if they do do it there, I would leave it to the very end. Like I would almost make like an Apple sure. and one and one more thing. I think, well, I, I think they will probably close with the award for game of the year. But like, I, I, see, I would I do it after with you, like wait till the very end of the show hit that trailer and then go into their i would do it after because it's gonna it's for the award too it's gonna take all the air out of the room i don't i mean i'm not you're not wrong i don't know i just i in previous years they've always wanted to have the focus of the show the main award be the headline but we'll see i can't wait it'll be interesting to see i mean Um, it's kind of like the world cup thing though where it's like this game only happens every like 10 fucking or 20 years. Well, uh, now it does. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of changed it up because they know it's a one-off more so than a consistent yeah. thing throughout. They should fucking do know. it in the morning before the show so that the shows are relevant. That'd be hilarious. They did like three hours before the game. War. <laughs> oh, you know, it, it's going to get leaked somehow. And then yeah. there's, didn't that happen to him last year? I feel like there was some big announcement that, Keely had last year at the Game Awards and a leak the day of, and I don't remember because you're gonna lose viewers, right? But it'll be funny. I don't know, whatever the case. Um, I'm just ready for really awkward, like no social skill, like developers or <laughs> studio directors or whatever to get up there and accept awards and have really awkward interactions yeah. with the hosts and shit like Bring that. Bring Matan back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. this is gonna be the one year anniversary of uh stage diver kid. Yeah, Matan. Sure. Oh, that's his name. The guy who just showed up on stage and just he's stood a, there as yeah, if he's a he's a content creator. Like it's it's not oh, like it is. was yeah. You know they're going to be watching for him. It's 100% a gimmick. Yeah. yeah. Also, to they have some beefed up security for Keeley because he's had not just like at the Game Awards, but Summer Games Fest. Like some other guy just jumped on stage like an Austin three sixteen t shirt or something like that. Yeah. So quick, quick little tangent. Um, speaking of gaming, this whole thing is a tangent. Okay, yeah, but the PlayStation Portal is the dumbest fucking thing on the planet, and I'm oh, okay. sorry if someone yeah. like gets that, like, fuck off. We don't have to dive deep into any of that, but you're, just you're absolutely incorrect. That. You're absolutely correct. I was gonna say incorrect, but then I would have been correct. That's completely pointless piece of hardware. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. I saw the Marvels. Um, I I won't go too deep into that since uh, I heard it was good. It is a good movie. That's all I want to say about this thing. Is that like. It's just it had fun. the worst. It's fun and it's enjoyable, and it had the worst opening for any MCU movie ever in terms of like opening weekend in terms of box office. But that's because you have like the weird like fucking incels who are like, my heroes have to be white men in fucking yes. tights with capes. Correct. That's so. I think it's a combination of those of that and something else. So yes, it's definitely the group of people who like hate women, especially black and brown women. And is like, no, I don't want anything to do with like this cast of women. You guys are making a, a woke movie. 
and I don't want to play into your politics and all this bullshit. It's like, no, nah, man, like there's female characters. Like that's it. <laughs> like they're just females playing female characters. If you have a problem with that, I, I don't know. I, I take it up with your mother, I suppose. No, they want the old um, Japanese kabuki style where to play female characters, a dude in female makeup. Right? Like, is that what you want? Is that the like, is that the solution here? You just Anyways. No, because they think that women women in comics should only be relegated to the damsel in distress that the male hero gets the bone every now and then. Yeah, I bet that's part of it. And the other part is that obviously there was a strike, right? Like, and the writer strike and the actor strike and no one's been able to promote, promote anything. It. Yeah. So this is like obviously the first, in terms of a very long time at least, first MCU movie that hasn't had a large run up to the movie of... Uh, of press and whatever else. So red carpet premiere, none of it. Right. So I hope that's part of it. I hope people see the reviews and understand like, this is a good fucking movie. Like you should go see it. And brother, that post credit scene. And you both know what I'm talking about. We're not going to say exactly what it is. Cause again, the movie's only been out for a week, but that post credit scene was the first time in a long time that I feel like I feel hyped for the MCU train to keep going now. Yes. I think I like where it could go. So in conjunction with knowing what it is and being like knee deep in Loki, we got like two episodes left in season two. It's it, Wait, you it, have two seasons, two episodes left, two episodes left of season two. Like you do like you haven't finished it yet. No, because we have to watch it when my kid's like asleep and oh. getting time and stuff like that. It's tough. So, OK, um, I was going to say like I, because there's six episodes this season and I thought you thought that there was eight episodes. No. I'm like, no, brother, you've already seen the finale, but no, <laughs> no, no you no, haven't. No. Yeah. OK, OK. <laughs> we have two more left to watch. So with knowing how the Marvel's post credit ends and what Loki has been doing so far, it's it's got me very, very invested, especially when you know it's all leading to Secret Wars. It gets you even more invested because I don't know about Jim. Like I, we've talked about this a fair bit, but like I can't definitively say Secret Wars is one of the coolest crossover events comics has done both the original and the 2015 redo of it that it's just like you're just you're you're in if they can deliver on what Secret Wars is, which I think is a massive undertaking, like even bigger than a 12 year lead up in doing Infinity War and Endgame. I think Secret Wars is even a bigger task and undertaking. Yeah, I'm very excited. And there's actually a really cool fan theory that we shall talk about after you've seen Loki. So we'll put a we'll put a pin in that one. We'll come back to it. Um, the only other thing I want to quickly touch upon, I was at the Leafs game on Friday. Was it Leafs? It was the Leafs game on Friday. It's the Hall of Fame game with the yeah. uh, Calgary Flames. And after the game, as per usual, I went across the street to Real Sports, now known as RS. And I was at rs and literally the table right beside us uh in walks steve thomas and some other guy like some other guy could have been an hockey player too i don't fucking know this happens a lot to me like there's so many people that i walk by like in the air canada center and like they're wearing some nhl credential i'm like this is probably somebody and maddie and james would know exactly who this man is but like i don't know it's just some fucking guy anyway steve thomas sits down and i'm just laughing like to my friends like oh look it's steve thomas whatever and then Honestly, there was a steady train of dudes who just like not only just going up to him and saying hi, which is probably one thing like, hey, man, big fan. Nice to meet you. Whatever. Like they just sat down at his booth 
<laughs> they just walked up to his table, sat down, and just had a full-on conversation with the guy while he's waiting for his beer or whatever. He's like, oh, hey, what's up? And then that guy got up and left, and, like, two more guys. Just went. It was like it was a meet-and-greet. Like, what's happening here? Like, how are these guys just sitting at this table? I don't know. I just don't know what it's the like, actual... Listen, there's a dichotomy of thought, right? Like, some people will be like, your fans are who made you. So, like, especially in pro wrestling, right? So you should make time for them because without them, you're nothing, which to a degree is correct. However, there needs to be a level of decorum that fans are accepting and practicing of maybe you don't meet them at the airport waiting outside the shitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe don't interrupt them while they're having a meal. Maybe don't like if you're really interested, wait it out, like hang out outside or something until they're done. Um, like just there's a common sense around some of these things where like they're traveling they're tired you know what I mean don't bring them 58 pot figures to sign so you can sell on eBay like you know it's kind of like when we were, we were sitting there actually funny we were talking about the Gord Miller thing Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like we see Gord Miller he's getting food hey man love your work okay cool thanks like that's all it needs to be you know what I mean and we, we wouldn't do it, do it while he's in line ordering his food <laughs> Yeah. Nor would we have if done we did, it if he was eating his food. Yeah. <laughs> just, right? Dude's got like a hot dog halfway down his throat. And you're just like, hey, Gord, <laughs> big fan. He's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> To be fair, in this situation, it is post-Leaf game. So it's like 10 o'clock at night on a Friday night. I don't think Steve Thomas is waiting there to have his dinner. Like, he's probably eating already. He's just at the bar having a beer. So, like, I think in that circumstance, it's probably fine. Like, you're just walking to another person at a bar and having a conversation. Yeah. But... Yeah, like if it was a it was dinner time, he's eating a steak dinner, and you're just like hovering over him. That's kind of weird. But yeah, he's swirling his pasta, and you're like, "Hey, man, Stumpy, <laughs> he's Stumpy. What's up, man?" We've yeah, uh, I, we've actually met him and went to hockey hockey school with his kid. Yeah, like Jim and me. I have his autograph on one of my jerseys, actually, because he was actually really cool there. Because obviously, at that point, he was playing for the Leafs, and he uh, his kid was there at the school. And he actually came into the room after and like talked and signed everyone's shit. And it was pretty cool. Yeah. Good guy. He was, of course, a very popular Toronto Maple Leaf. And I think he's just another one of those guys that we think of from that era of like just a type of guy that you think would go to war for you. And like he didn't even spend that much time in Toronto. He's probably like six seasons over the course of his career he played in Toronto. But is he the most offensively skilled guy you'll ever see? No. But he'll have over 100 penalty minutes. <laughs> you know, if you fuck with somebody, Steve Thomas is coming for you. He's just another one of those ilk of guys from the 80s and 90s. And I guess he played into the early 2000s as well. Of guys like a Darcy Tucker, guys like a, a Ty Domi that aren't going to take shit from you. And those are the type of players that the Toronto Maple Leafs wish they had. And I wanted to start with the Edmonton Oilers, but you know what? I'll still frame it this way. The Edmonton Oilers could do a lot with a guy like Steve Thomas right now. <laughs> they could definitely benefit from a guy who's going to grab this team by the balls and say, fuck no, we're not losing like this. I almost feel like to an extent, that's what Zach Hyman did on Saturday night, where Hyman's like, nope, I don't care. I know we just got embarrassed by the Sharks. We're not going out like this. We're, we are not as bad of a team as the record shows right now. 
And especially when you look at one of my favorite tweets from earlier this week, it showed like a screen capture of all of the the quote unquote experts from Sportsnet at the beginning of the season. And they all had their predictions of who they think is going to win the Stanley Cup this year. And like every single one of these dumb fucks with the, the occasion of a person here or there. Like Jeff Merrick wasn't one of these idiots. I, I, I appreciate Jeff Merrick. But and obviously not idiots. I'm making fun. But how many of these Sportsnet analysts all said Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton Oilers? It almost looked like to a point that Rogers and Edmonton Oilers had some sort of agreement of like, hey, we need your analysts to pump us up here. Like, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to like really drive home this Edmonton narrative. I don't remember what we said on our show of who we think is going to win the Stanley Cup at the beginning of the year. I don't know if we even picked that to be honest with you. I do remember saying that Chicago is going to be better than you think. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think Connor McDavid is really, or not Connor McDavid. Uh, Connor Bedard is really fucking good. Oh, that goal he got on the weekend. Stripped the D and then the backhand shorty. Oh, just filthy. But the other Connor, Connor McDavid, is having a very pedestrian year by his standards. And because of that, I mean, that's one reason as to why the Oilers are now the 31st team in terms of standings in the NHL right now. Uh, I think the other glaring issue with this team is the goaltending where Skinner and Campbell haven't been it. And I think, I don't know if the show existed at the time when Campbell got signed by Edmonton, but if it did, we would have laughed our asses off when that did happen because what, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) That's, um, Campbell is now an American League goaltender, and he probably will be for the rest of his career. Uh, Calvin Pickard is now up with the main team. I think he may draw in at some point this week. However, all this being said, McDavid not playing as well as we thought he should by his standards. And, of course, the defense is the defense. Like, when you look at that defense, you see Cody Cece out there, you know you're going to have a rough time. All that being said, do you think the blame should go to the coach? Absolutely not. It's been five coaches and it's the same shit. Um, This is, I would say this is the worst case scenario of what Leaf fans feared for the Leafs. So to be clear, it's four four coaches. Uh, It was Tippett, Hitchcock, uh, McLennan, and now um, Woodcroft. Woodcroft Woodcroft is the fourth who in the McDavid era is what what I'm getting. This is the fifth coach to come in during that era is what I'm saying, right? Is I just, this is the worst case scenario for what Leaf fans feared with giving so much money to top heavy guys. Now the Oilers, which is odd because the Oilers aren't as top heavy financially as the Leafs are when it comes to forwards. But the fact that Ken Holland felt Darnell Nurse was a $9.5 million defenseman and Jack Campbell is a $5 million goalie. I mean, Jack Campbell is a perfectly fine $3 million goalie playing 30, 40 games a year in a split situation. He's not a $5 million 60-game starter or 70-game starter, which is what you want out of your, your guy. I think the the very real problem is, is kind of twofold for the Oilers, both on ice and in futures. 
one on the ice is they do not know how to play defense. McDavid's the greatest player on the planet. There's no question about it, but does not know how to play defense. Leon Dreisaitl, fantastic offensive player. One of the top five players in the NHL cannot play defense. Their defense, who they pay to play defense, cannot play defense. Like, they cannot keep the puck out of their own zone, and they cannot keep the puck out of their own net. They talk all the time like, oh, well, we're out-chancing teams almost 3-1, to one, and we're out-shooting them like 40-18, to 18, but, you know, that's great. Any idiot can throw the puck on net and hope that, you know, a rebound's going to come and a guy's going to grind to get it. The thing is, is, sure, Zach Hyman had a hat trick on Saturday. Where's he been for the first part of the year? Great. You paying him how much money? Six and a half, seven million dollars for a dude that is best career points is like 40 points, 45 points. And you threw this money at con- like not only are they in cap hell, but they don't have anything coming. And there's no team's gonna be willing to help them when you have Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle up there. They're gonna be like, fuck you. And the other problem is, is McDavid's not putting up with this bullshit any longer. I think it's very evident that last year or two years ago, his former agent becomes the CEO and president of the team. And then now all of a sudden that out of every possible coaching option out there with guys like Gerard Gallant and shit like that, that are available, that are more experienced and relatively successful in the league, they go to a no NHL coaching experience. And from what people say, and whether this is just pandering or posturing or whatever you want to call it, Knobloch is deserving of an NHL job. It's very evident that they're appeasing McDavid with this, that they're currently in a very, very deep-rooted fear that he's sick of this shit and he wants to get the fuck out. That's my take. James. Um, they, I feel like the Edmonton Oilers lack some sort of identity, right? Like the identity, your identity can't be tied to a player or to uh, a pair of players. It doesn't ever really turn out that well. There needs to be a, a team identity. And I don't think they figure that like, are they a hardworking team? Are they a uh, fast skilled you know, beat you a speed team. Are they defensively responsible? It's just, you know, they just kind of rely on their guy. And it, it's funny you bring up the Leafs thing because, you know, for all intents and purposes, the Leafs are 100% exactly the same. Uh, only the Oilers have actually had more success than the Leafs have had in recent memory, which is wild. Uh, it You can't the best player in the world is not going to win you a Stanley cup. Um, the Gretzky and the Oilers was not just Gretzky. It was Gretzky, Mess. Curry, Messier. Like there were, uh, Paul coffee, coffee. fucking great fear, uh, in that, right? Like they were, Curry. yeah, they were a, a built out team. The, the Pittsburgh penguins, you know, at the Lemieux was like Lemieux, Yager. Uh, I think Recky was on, was Recky on that team? I don't remember. No, I think um, he was on the Sid team. They they had, uh, you know, tons of of supporting cast players. It's that's just how the Stanley Cup's always been won, and I don't know why teams want to reinvent the wheel and and think they're somehow like the NBA, but they're not. 
we'll see. Dude, now, I don't know who this Chucky Knobloch guy is. Who's uh, <laughs> I know he was his junior coach. But, again, and I'm all in favor of new coaches getting their feet wet. But, like, I don't think you get your feet wet with the Edmonton Oilers and McDavid and Drysaddle. Like, it, I, I don't know. It just it seems like a weird bet for Ken Holland to make. The real guy you got to pinch it on is Ken Holland. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, again, the, the Darnell Nurse, like, Darnell Nurse is not – I used to be critical of Morgan Riley until I saw Seth Jones, Darnell Nurse contracts. And I'm very pleasantly happy with Morgan Riley and the money he gets paid for what he provides to this team. So, yeah, man, I don't know. They're in for a world of hurt. And statistically speaking, there is legit zero hope of this team making the playoffs. Yeah. Like they like I know they finished. I don't know about that. I, I think it's definitely possible. And if any team can go on a run, I think this team Dude, could, just based on the offensive power that they have. If you are a big believer in Kevin Garnett, then anything is possible. <laughs> but you you don't get off to this kind of start. And like I said, statistically speaking, the odds are not in their favor at this point. Like they're gonna have to go on runs and like runs, multiple like fifteen, two and two runs. Right, but those runs historically in the NHL have been on the backs of what? Great goaltending. Exactly. Right? Those runs are usually backstopped by goaltenders who are on extraordinary runs of solid goaltending. I'm not talking shutouts. I'm talking like 1-9 goals against averages and like a 9-30 save percentage. That's when those teams go on these like 15-2 and two runs. Look at the fucking Panthers in the playoffs on the backs of Bobrovsky, right? It's who's, who's going to step. You, you think Calvin Pickard's going to go on a 15 and two heater or Jeff Skinner and him collectively will do it. Stuart Not Skinner. Happen. That's okay. Stuart Skinner, Jeff Skinner. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, they might better off with Jeff Skinner. Oh! That, yeah. But th- everyone references in the kind of fan base and also a little bit in the media saying, well, you know, in January, the St. Louis Blues were dead last in the NHL, and then they came back and won the cup. Okay, they weren't; they were dead last, yes, but they weren't forty points back of a playoff spot, or they didn't. You know, they weren't. And in they're the, the exception, not the rule. Yeah, exactly. They're they're the exception that proves the rule, right? So it's it's not like <clears throat> it's completely impossible. It's just. 110 years of the NHL show that how many teams have done it. And if you're relying, no, if you're relying on the St. Louis blues of four years ago as your benchmark for a team that did, that team was different. That team had more heart. That team had more grit and that team had more sheer will to make it. This team is already defeated. Like you're, you're 12, 15 games into the season and you're mentally broken and shattered already to the point that McDavid's pulling LeBron type moves where he's, you know, kind of dictating who comes and goes from the team. He wanted push for Connor Brown to come in. What's that guy fucking done? Absolutely nothing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this was one of the candidates that's out there. Like, Hey, here are some of our coaching options. He's like, I really want him, get him, do him. We want him here. I've got experience, blah, blah, blah. Or there's also talk that he's the reason Warren Fogle stayed because Holland wanted to trade him, but McDavid's like, no, we want to keep him. And have you seen? Kulitzen, have you seen the looks on these guys' faces? 
That's all you need to know. Look at watch the game and watch McDavid and Drysaddle's faces. They've quit. Yeah. They they like they've quit, man. Like they're they're I both at least 15 20 points behind last year's pace. They are they've played 13 games in 82 game season. Yeah. Okay. So there's plenty of time. Okay, but then you have to make the assumption then that every team is going to go through a massive regression and they're going to go through an absolutely massive type of tear, which, like I said, the way this team's built, not going to happen. So they don't have the their horse. division. They don't have the horse on the di- back end. They right now, the St. Louis Blues are in the last wild card spot with 15 points. The Edmonton Oilers have seven points, so they are eight points back of a playoff spot. That's four wins. Okay, so but that that done in the week. Now that assumes that assumes every team in the Western Conference will lose at the same time, which is <laughs> exactly. which not happening. <laughs> right, <laughs> and that's saying, that's what I'm saying. There's nothing here that's mathing. I mean, that's 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 degenerate math, is what you call that. <laughs> like that's that's yeah, the math that's, you get on Sunday the, where you're like, yo, man, all it is is a field goal, an onside kick, and a touchdown <laughs> with ten seconds left. We're good. Yeah. And then my fourteen team parlay works yeah, out yeah. perfectly. But that's exactly what it is, right? So like if you sure you can say they're only that far back, but they're a minus sixteen differential in goals for and goals against. Yeah, that's a big problem. That's bad. <laughs> that's a really like, big problem, actually. Like <laughs> you're they're entering the point where, you know, before you could say they could outscore their problems, this is a hole that they, they're going to have to go in and say, it's not about offense. They're going to have to commit to two, one hockey straight up. Like yeah. that's, that's literally what they're going to have to do. And they're going to have to find someone to take Darnell nurse's contract. If they really want to make a shakeup in that room, because that core is McDavid dry Nugent Hopkins and Darnell nurse. And mm, this sounds very familiar, right? But here, I'm gonna tell you this right now on paper. If you go to any random person on the street, who's not a hockey head or a sports head, and you compare both points and standings of the teams and the individual players, if you show them Darnell nurse or Morgan Riley, who they want, it's going to be Morgan Riley, better contract, better production, better numbers, in terms of offense and defense, you show them between Matthews and McDavid, who they're going to want. They're going to pick Matthews, <clears throat> right? Mm. Like I said, a non-hockey mm. head. <laughs> well, currently today. So, I mean, if you're, it depends on what statistics you're looking at. Cause if you're looking at stats of like their career, you're probably picking McDavid. Right. But also too, think of it like this though. Do you want a guy that's going to score you 135 points? but not prevent points or goals against you? Or are you going to want a guy that's going to put up 110 points, but is also going to stop or be defensively sound as well to prevent goals? Now, I'm not saying Matthews is a better player than McDavid. It's very obvious he's not. But I think what the problem is, is it's all great that McDavid can put up 135, 140 points a season. Everyone can laud that. But the problem is, is if the dude doesn't commit to playing on the other side of the puck, this is what it's always going to be for the Oilers. You know, they're and dry settle had a historically terrible shift that's getting passed around. Yeah, it's, it's Pierre Luc Dubois levels of yeah, where I, he just completely checked. I don't give a fuck. 
Yeah, and he goes to the bench acting like he's all pissed off that he got scored on. It's like, no, you you have no right to be mad because you did nothing. So there is... Okay, so Darnell Nurse, I know he makes a lot of money and he may need to be moved for them to be able to do something here. And especially in order to get some sort of cap space to bring in a goaltender of any kind, that may be the, the move that needs to be made. Um, I do know, off the top of my head a team in the National Hockey League that's looking for a defenseman. I do know that even like during a game, during a game, supposedly, players on the Toronto Maple Leafs were talking to players on the other team saying, we need you here. I don't know if you heard that story. No. No. Supposedly, like, you know what? I heard this on fucking Twitter. So like this could not even, this could be untrue. But like supposedly when Zadorov like smoked somebody with a hit, someone on the Maple Leafs and people are speculating that it was Bertuzzi was like, damn, we need a guy like you over here. <laughs> I mean, and so it's just adding fuel to the fire of the whole defenseman trade that's potentially happening for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the name Nikita Zadorov has been connected with this. Zadorov, uh, after the game with the Maple Leafs, went to his agent to request a trade too. Like this is... That's a thing that we know happened, that Zadorov does actively want out of Calgary. And look, there's a lot of Calgary connections with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know if you guys saw that tweet that I retweeted the other day of like the potential Zadorov trade to the Maple Leafs and what that would look like. It was, uh, so here's the, here's a potential trade. It's going to be Nikita uh, Zadorov to the Maple Leafs. Also uh, included in this trade will be Freddie Schuster and Keith Olley. <laughs> and then headed back the other way would be Ian White, Matt Stager, Nicholas Hagman, and Jamal Mares. Now, if that uh, collection of players doesn't give you nightmares, that was, the, in fact, the exact trade for Dion Phaneuf, who came from the Calgary Flames to the Toronto Maple Leafs and then famously became the the DJ originally. As soon as he walked in, he changed the, the music in the locker room. And that was enough. <laughs> that was enough for Brian Burke to say, all right, he's our captain. This fucking guy had the balls to touch the radio. I like his spunk. Yep. He's, he's got the jam. I like the cut of your jib. Yeah. <laughs> I like your truculence, um, Dion. Do you think there's feel to this fire of a... So it's not just Zadorov. There's also people Tanev. saying maybe Hannafin, maybe Tanev, of a defenseman from Calgary coming to Toronto and... If you do see that, like, what do you see going the other way? Because every single one of these guys, Hannafin, 4.9, Tanev, 4.5, Zadorov is 3.7. He's the cheapest of the bunch, and I think he's the one they actually want. What on earth do you send the other way? And if it is, I know everyone's going to say, fucking Klingberg, but like. Does he not have a no trade? He has a uh, 10 team no trade, I believe. I can look it up. Give me a second. But like, I'm fairly certain. That John Klingberg has yet yeah, sure no trade. A seven team. Oh, sorry, that's McCabe. <laughs> I'm hovering over right now. Ten team. I was right. Ten team. No trade list for uh, for Klingberg. I mean, it'll have to happen if you're gonna make a move for a D man. Klingberg has to be the one to go strictly just on cap purposes alone. Now, if you're asking Calgary it to could take be Brody, it, mm, mm. I, I I doubt it would be Brody strictly just because of his reliability and you're absolutely detracting from exactly what you need with Brody leaving and his familiarity with either Gio or Riley, I think makes him an asset that you don't want to give up. 
And also to for Zadorov, if you're doing that and you're saying, look, we'll give you Klingberg and we'll also sweeten it. Realistically, it shouldn't be more than for him straight up. Like if you weren't asking them to either take a bad contract back or retain salary, it shouldn't be more than a second or third round pick at best for him. For a UFA defenseman who's realistically a bottom, bottom pairing guy, but can play up with the right guys, it shouldn't cost you more than that. Now, if you're going for both Tanev and... Zadorov, which I can see making sense, both from what Toronto's need is, as well as the familiarity Treliving has with those players, Calgary, and um, and kind of what they represent. I could see it having to be Klingberg, which then one of those two guys replaces in your top six. Um, and then you're probably looking at a, a prospect, you know, maybe Nick Abruzzese plus picks, you need and, money. Yeah, like with Klingberg out the door plus... But even if it's Zadorov, you need money. So some money has to go out the door. Like that's the problem, right? Well, so if Klingberg goes out the door, Klingberg's you're actually... 4.1. Yeah, like he's no, I know. I know, but that's what I'm saying. That's why that's why Zadorov's not going to go for just a pick and or a prospect. No, that's what I mean. I'm saying it's Klingberg plus like a second or third. I imagine... I like, also... I saw I saw the proposed deal that everyone's rumoring out there is Klingberg, McMahon, and a third. Yeah, that's what that's what I think I'm getting at here is where like as much as we've been shitting on Klingberg, the rest of the league is well aware of the struggles of Klingberg thus far this season. So if you're going to Calgary and saying, Hey, we'll give you a Klingberg, they'll be like the fuck you are. No, no they'll need the sweetener. That's not an upgrade to them. No, like they, they need be, they need the lateral movement. They need the lateral movement of the money. Well, the Leafs need that. And that means Calgary is calling it quits on the season. So they want to acquire picks and prospects in return. So you're making the money move between Klingberg and Zadorov, and McMahon and the pick is the currency that you're paying for Zadorov, right? If I'm Calgary, I'm not asking for McMahon. I'm probably asking for Nyes or Robertson. That's not going to happen. No, like no, no GM in their right mind would even entertain that because they know it's not even going to happen. For a guy like Zadorov, who's a bottom pairing defenseman, who's a UFA, UFA what happened? No, not the way he's playing right now. Zadorov's also a UFA. UFA, yeah, you're not giving up a top four prospect on your organization for a UFA bottom pairing defenseman. It's not happening. And Robertson scored in back to back games and made that third line relevant. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I don't disagree. And, that, and again, like I'm saying, if I'm Calgary, that's what I'm asking for. It's not like you're going to get so, it. So, yeah. The, I, the other thing I've heard is that uh, Craig Conroy sh- shopping around the Toronto deal across the league and so far hasn't gotten anything close to better. But it also sucks because your fucking player went out there and said, I want out. So what are you going to get from anyone, right? Like you're now dealing from a position of of weakness. There's no... He has no upper hand, um, you know, and like, and listen, like Klingberg had a pretty good game on Saturday, which was and, arguably a tougher game to play because of the back-to-back and Vancouver yeah. was a better team. And I saw people say like, oh, we don't say when Klingberg has a good game. Listen, if I show up to work and I do my job, my boss doesn't pat me on the back and say, good boy, every fucking day, man. But if yeah. I fuck up, he's like, hey man, you fucked up. Right? Like they always say a good defensive game is when you don't have to mention the defenseman. That means they did their job. So I don't wanna I don't wanna hear the whole like, oh, you're not praising Klingberg for a good game. Oh, sorry, you lived up to your 
$4.1 million for 60 minutes. If he you had know? that game on an $800,000 contract, you say, yeah, what a game he had. 800 grand, played really good, blah, blah, blah. When you're making $4.1, 4 $4.3 you get maybe one bad game out of every 10. But yeah, Zadorov's exactly what this team needs, and I was kind of hoping he yep. never even made it on the plane. Uh, <laughs> the hit on Robertson was a wonderful hit. Clean, clean as fuck. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that stands up for his teammates, a man of great character. Go look up uh, stuff about Nikita Zadorov in terms of the type of person he is. He's like a, a, a really decent person. Um, so I think exactly the type of player you would want in this lineup. I think it'd be funny that half the defense would be Calgary defense and Brody, <laughs> Gio, and Zadorov. <laughs> that is something I'm concerned about, honestly. No. Where you're going to turn into the Toronto Maple Flaming Leafs. And, and listen, if it's going to be the, the best part of Calgary and the best part of Toronto and smushed together, that's, I guess, a good thing. Calgary was infinitely a tougher team to play against in the Western Conference, which played a different breed of hockey. Those guys, I think, would I would welcome those guys in, in the dressing room. But I think we do should give a, a mid-show shout-out to the Toronto Maple Leafs of Saturday for showing mm-hmm. some, some sack playing the Vancouver Canucks, especially Gio, man. Gio going you know out what? there. Gio deserves the prime glasses. Gio oh, talk deserves the prime glasses. Yeah. There you go. That man uh, stepped up. I tweeted, had a little Wendell in him, which was great. Uh, and then even Max Domi standing up for Nick Robertson. Like, again, it wasn't going to be a huge fight against Cole, uh, but you're there, you show up and that's what matters. Like that's what teams rally around. Now the league dude in any other game, can I ask you guys a question? You guys watch other hockey games and stuff. Oh yeah. How fucking often do you see clean hits fights and then the instigator penalty called? So this was actually a big thing. A couple of years ago, people complained about it saying, Oh, so we have clean hits and now a guy has to fight every time. And the league was kind of like, hands offish with the instigator saying look like it's a dis- it became a discretionary call and refs were hesitant to call it a lot because they're like oh you know guys standing up for themselves and blah 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 and then because of all the complaints the league came down and said i think it was either last year or the year before where they said look if this happens this is the rule a guy shouldn't yeah, have to but, answer for every fight he makes but why was it this game i it's, it and even if it was a lot i haven't seen it nearly as much like there was i don't I don't even see it that often, let alone twice in the game. And you know what? You, like A guy shouldn't have to answer for a clean hit, but he also should answer for a clean hit because you don't want the other team taking liberties against your team all game knowing that they can plaster your guys at center no, ice. I think it's the dumbest rule because I think it allows ratty players to get away with stupid bullshit a lot of the time. Um, but... I, I do see, you know, kind of what the league's saying a little bit, saying, like, if it's a clean hit, I do think it should be discretionary. Like, if it's a clean hit and then a guy comes in and fights because he's like, hey, you hit my guy. Well, that's the game. Sure, instigator. If it's a dirty player, a dirty-ish hit, and a guy answers for it, a ref should be able to be like, uh, that's not really warranting of an instigator. I don't know. I just, I just the instigator rule itself is to just call it five. Give the, give the guy fighting five and then give the other guy two. If you want, yeah. right? If he doesn't engage or uh, you give them both five, then you know what I mean? The game misconduct thing to me or, or go with the instigator and not the game misconduct. 
Because the game is conduct piece is wild that he has to sit yeah, for that 10 one, minutes. That one threw me off as well. But, um, and then I saw people saying, oh, look, see, this is why we don't do this because now we're on penalties and they score. Let me tell you something. In fucking April and May, that's, that's that, not a call. No, no one's going to, if the Leafs make the playoffs, Lord willing, if the Leafs make the playoffs, nobody's going to look back at those two goals. Nobody looks back on those two goals now. We won 5 2. And those were the two goals they scored. It doesn't matter. No, but that's like, what I'm saying is like the rest of the game was fine. You know, right. they got the win. Plus what I'm saying, like people, the historical argument against all of this stuff was don't engage because we want to avoid penalties. Great teams use the mentality that's applied there as fuel and overcome those penalties, whether they get scored on or not. And then that mentality carried into the playoffs when like instigators not getting called in the playoffs. 100% it's not. No. Unless Wes McCauley's refing. Then he's going to call it. <laughs> he's going to call sneezes. is tripping. But that mentality into the playoffs is what winning teams are made out of. So even if they lost that game, they're not going to, you're not going to lose the playoffs in round two. And someone will go, well, they didn't get those two instigators in that game in November against the Canucks. Maybe we would have made it to the third round. No, what they're going to say is, this team rallied behind standing up for each other and got as far as they did because of that. So when I see people complaining about, oh, we're on the penalty kill now, like grow the fuck up, man. Look how look how many penalties Stanley Cup winning teams take in a year. Like it's a bullshit argument. I don't have any problem with it, and especially if he's. I mean, the game worked out great. They won. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Right. No. And the the fact. It's not just about the the two minutes minor that happens after the fight, which again I think is a dumb rule, but it is what it is. It's the it's rule. Good credit. Exactly. It's what it builds in momentum and what it builds in character and what it builds in camaraderie in your team. And it also may be a deterrent of someone like, oh, maybe I don't want to get my face punched in again. I may l- l- ease up on this next hit. There's so many like variables that go into that from just introducing a little bit of carnage into your to your lineup and if you like carnage you can actually get a print of carnage on now your treasures website because this episode is brought to you by now your treasures now your treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies comics tv and video games Source from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit now your treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or.com and remember go to now your treasures on instagram send a dm 43.6 to receive 43 percent off any order now speaking of carnage quickly though before you do that yeah so uh, now your treasures is going to be at the aurora comic-con on november 25th so they will have a booth there so if you're in the aurora new market richmond hill or gta area looking for something to do they will be there what was the date again november 25th November 25th. 
10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Aurora Royal Canadian Legion. Save on shipping. Go grab your prints. There you go. Yeah. But they have complimentary shipping. And complimentary insurance. Or complimentary insurance, sorry. Not complimentary shipping. I think what James means is save on like the, the time the it takes. Yeah. yeah. Go grab it. Because of course, yeah. Coach. Admire it in the car, but also keep your eyes on the road. Just put it on one side of the windshield. <laughs> yeah, because you never know like what happens when you're behind the wheel of a vehicle. You could all of a sudden get arrested. And then all of a sudden you're in the back of a police cruiser yelling obscenities and saying that you're going to uh, get the Russian mafia uh, to murder this police officer. That could happen because that's the thing that happened to Alex Galchenyuk. And uh, to be fair, I don't remember exactly what happened to Alex Galchenyuk and why he ended up in the back of that police car. I think it was a domestic dispute. Of some, no, that was in 2016. Right. It was a domestic he, dispute. Uh, what happened? He drove onto a lawn, I think. <laughs> it, was a, it was a private property hit and run disorderly conduct, failure to obey, resisting arrest, and threatening or intimidating was the actual multiple charges that he was uh, given on July 9th, 2023. So if you haven't, you don't remember the story, this happened in July. And we talked about on this show about Galchenyuk. And I mean, he did play for the Maple Leafs for a brief period of time. I found that fucking hilarious with all the CP24 and former City Maple News. And all these fucking headlines say former Maple Leaf. Like, come on now. Like, this guy Dude. played for the Montreal Canadiens for like six seasons. Drafted by them. Fuck's sake. Like, just anything to throw the Maple Leafs under the bus. But okay. Former Maple Leaf, Alex Yelchenyuk, which no one on the planet will ever say because no one remembers him even playing for the Maple Leafs. But okay. Mm, he did kind of cost them the playoffs. Yeah, he cost them the playoffs with that horrendous pass. Nevertheless, Galchenik was arrested in July of this year. We talked about it on this show. But this past week, the actual body cam footage was released. And we actually got to see the entire incident and hear the entire incident. And I always like to give guys the benefit of the doubt we don't like we weren't there we don't we only heard the story and we heard what he was charged or should I say charged uh what he was accused of doing and and who knows man like especially as a non-white person sometimes cops do shit now he's not he, he's white so like whatever but like as a non-white person sometimes i can understand when people are like saying that, hey, I didn't necessarily do this and whatever. So I wanted to give Galchenyuk the benefit of the doubt. However, after seeing the body cam footage, fuck this guy. Bolognese. That's well, what I took from it. I mean, pump the brakes. <laughs> we like, dude, it, I think he has some pretty clear mental health issues. Does he? And or is he just drunk and a racist? Okay, so it's one of two both. things. <laughs> He's both. either drunk and a racist, or he has some pretty severe mental health issues. Also, both of which could also be true. Um, it's uh, it's unfortunate to see somebody go through that. I mean, no matter what walk of life you're from, um, and my position on this type of thing is I don't judge the situation. You know, I don't judge the, the challenges people are faced with. I judge how they deal with them. Right. Like if you're not getting the help and you're not, you know, 
trying to better yourself, that's solely on you. Like that's accountability, right? Um, unless you're so far gone that you need to be committed, right? So I don't know, man. It's it's pretty vile and really egregiously aggressive from a guy, that, which is really fucking weird because the guy never threw a hit. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, totally such a, oh, man, like all talk, you know? Like the second, if that police officer is like, all right, dude, let's step out of the car right now. I'll fuck you up, man. Like okay. it, it could have went to that, but like the police officer in this situation was super professional and didn't let, didn't let any of the hateful shit that Galchenik was saying to him get to him. And he just did his job. But hey, man, I wouldn't have blamed this officer at all. If he said, all right, dude, I'm going to pull the car over. I'm going to turn body, the body cams, cams off. <laughs> cam off. I'm going to turn everything off and we can fucking hash it out right now, dude. And he'll yeah. get back in. Galchenik will get back in the car with a busted up mouth and a busted up nose. And like, all right, are we still, are we still talking? Yeah. Are we still the talking? Old, the old, oh, sorry, the roof of the car hit you on the way in. Oh, um, wait, is that a squirrel? I'm going to slam on my brakes as your face smashes into the <laughs> protective wall. Yeah, because you're cuffed, right? Um yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think this guy needs some serious help. Uh, and I don't know if it's part of why he's bounced around. Do you, do you remember? He he was with the Leafs for an extended period of time before he made like the the big club thing. And he I wonder if... For like four or five games. They brought him in. They worked him out for a bit. They said like, look, we're not going to assign you yet. We're just going to get you in here get you moving, get you skating and shit like that. Then they said, then you're going to go play in the minors and then you're going to play there for a little bit and then come up. Yeah. And, and not to speculate, like I wonder how much of, you know, any sort of play related or like personal attitude related. Yeah. Right. So I don't know, man. All the only thing I know is like, and listen, people can say like, Oh fuck. It's, um, it, oh, you're sympathetic like a hockey dude. I'm only sympathetic in saying hope he gets help because I see it. I, I I have evidence. It's in front of us. It's being sensationalized, and it's it's really unfortunate. Um, but apparently his dad showed up and wasn't much help either, right? Or was his dad trying to calm things down? I don't remember. Apparently his dad showed up and told him to shut up. Yeah, his dad. I think his dad tried to put him in his place, didn't he? That's the best. Uh, so when you say he, you mean his dad was trying to put Galchenyuk. Yeah, was trying to like, yeah, which is great. Like hockey dad shows up and tells him to get off the ice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like your shift's too long. Get off the ice. Yeah, I'm not sure completely what the details uh, are. I know there's a lot coming out of like Montreal when he played there that a lot of the problem was his dad, like just too involved um now in this situation i again not involved enough yeah but i i think you're right like um i think there's definitely some deeper shit that's going on with this dude whether that's you know and again i don't want to oversimplify or kind of like give a superficial reason but you never know how something like this affects someone like the dude was a highly touted pick a highly touted prospect and, and his dad was a know, solid nhl player before yeah. that and you know and in montreal you were supposed to be the future number one center 
best player on the team and things like that. And then you bounce around the NHL and then you don't make it. And then you're just, you fizzle out. It gets worse and worse and worse of where you go. And then you're, you know, in Toronto and you have all that shit go on. And then you, you know, have a lot of people and both rightfully so, and probably a little bit too far um, blaming you for the playoff loss and things like that. And then you go to Arizona and then you become almost irrelevant in the span of like eight years when you were like a second, third overall pick. It's, you know, that shit can weigh on you mentally. Right. And not to say that it is completely the only reason or it's an acceptable reason, but you don't know what that drives someone to do. And I'm not saying what he did was right. Like it was, as Jim said, it was grotesque, the things that were said and done. Um, But at the same time, I think, you know, dude should not, be out in public or playing hockey if he's got bigger issues than you know than what is being said like this is a dude who needs serious help this just reminded me of i think it was the first john wick please oh, tell me kid. i know we've we've talked about this before i know one of you said you hadn't seen john wick jim, jim hasn't seen it. i've seen them all a bunch of times okay so like the the first movie i think it was the first movie where like that russian dude comes up to john wick and was like wants his car or something yeah it's the first one and then he yeah and then john wick wouldn't give him his car because who does that and then he but goes he to john wick's dog. house and kills his dog and kills you know whatever and like that sets off the events of the movie <laughs> it's just like that punk ass russian guy who killed the dog that to me reminds me of alex Galchenyuk. yeah of like he just thinks his dad is going to save him and like he's such a big shot and he's connected to the rough russian mafia and whatever whatever and thinks that he's untouchable and then here comes John Wick, and he's going to fucking just ruin your life. You know what guys who are, are connected to the Russian mafia don't do? Say that they're connected to the <laughs> Russian mob and that they're going to turn you into bolognese. Right. Yeah. They don't do well, that. All, also, bolognese isn't even Russian. No. <laughs> bolognese is not oh, to be Russian. Yeah, he's probably meant borscht. borscht. Right? Uh, he's like half American, though, so it's possible that he's just... You know, Borst Denise. But yeah, no, like, I don't necessarily feel bad for the dude because you put yourself in these own situations. You hope that he gets help. But at the same time, it's like, the fuck was he thinking? You know, routing off like that. It's fucking stupid is what it is. And it's just, it's one thing to be pissed off at the situation, whether you're drunk or... No, my computer again, sorry. (laughs) Go on. Yeah, 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 there. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's one thing to be drunk and whatever, but man, if if you're drunk and you instantly go to being racist terms like that and say, "Oh, I was drunk," and that's what I say. No, you're just a racist. Is the alcohol brought it out right? It's, you know what I mean. It's just, yeah, people don't instantly become bad people because they're drunk. No, you're just a bad person to begin with, and the drunk just like remove the mask that you're wearing. So, I. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's. I, I, I agree with you. I hope he gets help, but I think um, this. Remember the John ja Morant thing, and we said um, he keeps showing us himself, and we should believe him. Kind of the, the vibe I'm getting. Like I think we should believe the person that Alice Galchenik is showing us. Now, don't get me wrong. There could be nothing wrong with him, and he's just a complete asshole. Because there's people that have issues or whatever that 
do things because they don't see another way to help themselves in those situations. Because again, someone can have problems and you can be there to try and help them and tell them all you want. But again, it's easier said than done. And sometimes it's, it's not about that. It's the way they look at things and the way they look at life is nothing but, you know, alcohol or, you know, drugs, or even for some people, this is going to sound stupid food. There's no other way out and that's how they cope or that's how they deal. And, you know, that's separate than potentially how he is, where he's just a piece of shit who was drunk and just being a piece of shit. Yeah. And if you do have uh, issues with alcohol and drugs, please uh, get help. And I also, not to make a a joke of this, but I'm going to, um, if you do have a problem with alcohol, I suggest not going to work and designing the next sweater for the Carolina Hurricanes, because that's apparently what's happened here. What? Um, You've seen this new sweater that the Carolina Hurricanes have put out. This is where this conversation came up. I don't know where... The Carolina? (laughs) Yeah, so Carolina Hurricanes put out a new sweater, and actually, the sweater is gorgeous. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a Hartford Whaler sweater. It's a white sweater. Um... But the headline isn't the throwback white Whalers sweater, which does look cool. Oh, that is sexy, though. Dude, the Whalers is one of my favorite jerseys of all time. Mm. It's a great looking sweater. The best. But the the headline is that not only are they going to be wearing that sweater, they're going to be wearing Cooperalls as well. <gasps> Bright green Cooperalls while they wear this sweater. How do you guys not see? When I say, yes! so, that's awesome. pulling the curtain back. Before we start recording, I always tell James and Maddie, of like, okay, here's the stories I have. Is there anything you guys want to add? When I said Cooperalls as one of my stories, I figured you guys would have known exactly what I was talking about. But okay, yeah, the I believe it's only for one game, but they are going to, they, Criminal. the Carolina Hurricanes, pronouns, pal, the Hurricanes are going to be wearing Cooperalls for the... For one game while wearing no, this. Uh, only the warm-ups, the Cooperalls are going to be worn. They're not playing the game in them. Oh, is that the case? Yeah, because Carolina also announced that they'll Fuck be wearing that. Cooperall pants for warm-ups before the game. Fuck that. Okay. Criminal. Because yeah. I was going to say, like, I feel like the reason why teams stop wearing this thing is because it was fucking dangerous. So, like... Yeah, you, um, you slide forever. Right, exactly. So if you're not familiar, if you're like me, you're a brown man. You don't want you don't you didn't grow up playing hockey. Um, <laughs> Cooperalls are the whitest thing in the world. <laughs> so like, people say hockey oh. pants, hockey pants or hockey shorts, honestly. But like they're yeah. just called pants, and we all we've all accepted that that's called pants. No, this is legitimately pants. This is like when you were in grade school and you wore the snowsuit. You got like the fucking suspenders and everything, and you, you you jump in the snow pile and go down the hill, and you make snowmen. Like this is essentially what it is. It's fucking snow pants. Just so, Google it. It's worth out. Googling. Yeah. Shout out to a North York legend. Yeah, Mac. Mac, who up until the JHL, the very buddy, end, the greatest the hockey JHL. league that ever was. The greatest North York amateur hockey league you would ever not seen. Greatest amateur hockey league. Yeah, senior, senior was, hockey. It was an amateur. Dustin, have you ever seen? Uh, we have seen this season of Shorzy. I haven't watched this season yet. I've been, actually, I was meaning to recently. I even turned on my TV. I, was, <laughs> I, was, I opened the app and I was about to start it, and then I got distracted and I watched something else. I was, I watched Jack Ryan instead, which is a different app, but that's not the point. Anyways, I haven't seen this season yet. So, my, our dad used to play in a, a men's league called the JHL, which stood for Joe's Hockey League because his buddy Joe ran it. And every year they ran him. Yeah. How many? Eight? 
like six, six or eight. And they would randomize their buds into the teams and they just had different colors each year. Yeah, every Monday at like the games were at one of the best arenas in terms of ice. The old the Leafs city. practice arena. Centennial, Bathurst and Finch. And, and yeah. every 12 to 4 were the games. Yeah. Like, like something like that every Monday. Or like, well, it would be like 4 to 7 or 8 because they have to work, right? So no, they no. It was in the middle of the day because that's the thing is dad always left work to go play at like one o'clock on a Monday. Oh, um, anyway, it's irrelevant. Yeah, but uh, one of my dad's friends, Mac, who's since passed away, was uh, was a proprietor of the Cooperalls. <laughs> Cooper and man, like, did he hey. hear shit for it. Oh yeah, <laughs> this they guy like the the chirps like, and you know what? I don't care what anyone says. the The way hockey players talk now, fuck like the stupid California style hockey players speak. The chirps in the eighties and the nineties so much better. The best. These ruthless. guys, the ruthless, like the most ruthless shit. Um, and Mac, what a guy! Great guy, but he oh, yeah. uh, Always he, he was wearing the Cooperalls and, and definitely he had like him. three pairs, didn't he? Because he loved them so much. He had the I black. Think he tore them. I, I think he tore a set. Yeah. Well, I remember one game he played. It was the black ones, the old flyer looking ones, where the right leg was like torn down the side, oh. but he was still skating in them. And I'm pretty sure when you skated, you heard. Yep. Because they're uh, but, the the material. But no, the Cooperalls were. I I'm very I remember I wore a pair of Cooperalls because when I was younger my dad was like cool try these out do you like them and I wore them for one practice was like get this shit off me I was like seven years old eight years old because again as I said if you fall you slide for days <laughs> like <laughs> especially on fresh ice so okay yeah. wait low key because I'm a big you know Hartford Whalers jersey fan. In mm-hmm. fact, we are so much that we made it our men's league tournament jersey one year. The jerseys were just yep. too heavy, so we never went back. Um, if you were to get a heart, like, so now I want a Hartford Whalers jersey for Christmas. I have the hat. I love that hat. If you were to get a Hartford Whalers jersey, who would you get on the back? Oh, Brennan Shanahan. I would have to look into who played for the Hartford Whalers. Like, I think of some of the best. Carolina Hurricanes of all time. I'm like, well, it's like Eric Stahl didn't wear. Not that I get an Eric Stahl one. Ronnie like Franchise. Hartford. I'm thinking of like Rod Brindamore. Was he like in the crossover between Hartford and there? No. Like Ray Ferraro. Ray Ferraro. Yeah. Who else? Uh, um, Ron Francis wore it. Yeah, Ron Francis did. Um, there's somebody else that I'm thinking of that was pretty. Gordy uh, Howe. Yeah, Gordy Howe was a whaler. Glenn Wesley. Uh, Pat oh, Dave Keon, Dave Keon. No, he but he was there for like what two years. Hey, man, so. <laughs> yeah, oh, like there's, there's a lot of like all Samuelson. Oh yeah, Dave Tippett. No, I. So I guess the route dude Kevin Deneen going, I, done. Kevin Deneen. Yeah, I would be looking for a guy who was a, also a Maple Leaf. That would be my fun little the connection cool. there. So it would be it would be Keon or and loosely Shanahan oh, and loosely Francis. Yeah, Kevin Deneen was a committed, go. or maybe a Jeff O'Neill. Kevin yeah, Deneen, Kevin Deneen was committed to the Whalers. He loved Hartford. He loved the Whalers. I would get a Kevin Deneen. 
What about Michael Sylvan- Nylander? Yeah, I was going to say Nylander. What about Sylvan Cote? No, nah, fuck that. Oh, Chris Pronger, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, you could do that too. Yeah. No, I would, like I said, I'd probably go like Shani Francis or, yeah, as Jim said, like Kevin Deneen. But there's just something so clean about that Whalers jersey. It's just. It's an it H works. and the W. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it just works. But I'm happy that they do this. Um, I kind of wish that almost like they would go back to wearing these more than like once or twice a year. Like the way the Nucks you know? wear the, the blacks now? Those blacks, that's still one of the best jerseys in history of hockey. But yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of that Whalers jersey. As Jim said, we had it as like a tournament team one year, and um, and then like I love that color too. The navy blue is nice, but the white with like the green accent is still so much better. I have a hat that Jim got me for Christmas one year. It was a Hartford Whalers hat, and it has like my name and my number that he got like etched on it. His phone number, so that you know. Yeah. Yeah. All nine digits. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so cool. And the crew balls, even just for the warm up, is a really cool thing because it's just like a big throwback. It's, you know, I I think the NHL has a problem with embrace. Like as much as they say we embrace our history, they have a real problem with embracing their history because there's so many cool things they could do with some of these older teams. And I don't know if they don't do it because they don't want to piss off fan bases of teams that have been relocated a la the Nordiques. But there's so many cool old teams and jerseys that they could do and pull from that they need to do this more. I think it's because they're trying to acquire new audiences. So they try the new things and they, you know, they feel like they already have the people who would be interested in those other shit, but it's so cool. Like, and Colorado did wear a Nordique Jersey a few years ago. And like the, yeah, was it was it part like, of like the retro reverse shit? It was like the retro thing. And it was the colorway. wasn't the same. It was like, the Nordiques logo, but with the Avalanches colorway. Mm. So yeah, I don't like that. I mean, Hartford, the whale, they beat Vancouver once, maybe twice in a lifetime. <laughs> Where's that from, <laughs> Dustin? Do you know? Nope. Mall rats. rats. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I've seen mall rats, but like, I can't quote it. I haven't seen it enough. They're uh, playing Brett Hall, uh, all-star hockey, 94. Yeah. 95. And Brody's sitting there playing and she's like, you turn that off. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, Hartford, the whale. Hey, they beat Vancouver once, maybe twice in a lifetime. Yeah. And then he's like, what do you say? Something comes and goes, Renee. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was going to say, what do you think of the look, Dustin? Because you're like, as you said, you're a guy who didn't grow up seeing the Cooperalls before or having even worn them. Honestly, as of today, I didn't even know it was called Cooper Rolls. What? When I saw the the tweet of the the Cooper Rolls and the jersey, I'm like, Cooper Rolls? That's what it's called? Okay. Sure. And then, yeah, I went to Wikipedia and read about it. I'm like, okay, that makes perfect sense that it would be incredibly dangerous if you fall and you slide into the boards. Or, you know, they had complaints of players saying it was... It was too hot. It was hot. Or, it was restrictive. Like, w- like, you could extend your leg enough that the pant wouldn't move with you. And you don't get a full stride. Goddamn. And then there was also goaltenders who said, like, the teams like the Flyers who wore black pants. Yeah. It was hard to see the puck. Uh, it'd be like, you're looking at, like, black pants, black skates, black tape on your stick, and all of a sudden there's a puck in there somewhere. I'm like, where is it? Who knows? <laughs> so I get the complaints to it. It's, it's, I mean, I don't mind the look. 
I think it, it does look pretty cool. And especially I'm a big proponent of color in sports uniforms. Like I get it was it must have been the CFL game over the weekend that the TF or Argonauts got destroyed in. But the Alouettes were wearing red and the Argos were wearing blue. I'm like, why isn't this more of a thing? Like there should always just be color on my screen. It drives me nuts when I see like a white team playing a gray team. Like, what are we doing, baseball? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> so then, like this... in saying that, how do you feel about the shiny gold and shiny silver helmets of the Kings and the Golden Knights? Oh, those are atrocious. I oh, my like God. Them. They have Cooper All t-shirts for sale on Redbubble. There you go. I'm getting one. <laughs> going to start, gonna start making some more. No, like, I, I think... There's a time and place for metallic things and matte things. I think matte probably works better than metallic, but I'm all for changing it up and trying to make it look better. But I mean, the the Kings is kind of like a tinfoil hat, honestly. They look like idiots out there. Okay, so then what about the St. Pat's jerseys? Because like at first, I really didn't like the St. Pat's jerseys. But over time, I really like the Toronto St. Pat's jerseys when they wear them for St. Patrick's Day. I love the St. Pat's jerseys. Um, there is going to be a new one this year. Uh, breaking news. I can't tell you exactly what it looks like, but I can tell you it will be a new version this year. Um, is it like is it a new version where it's like they've changed the font a little bit, but it's still you will the- barely notice a difference. Okay. <laughs> but there is a there is a new version this year. I, I don't know if they play exactly on St. Patrick's Day, but there will be a, a St. Pat's game this season. And I love those games because it changes everything. Like they change the presentation, the instead of everything being blue everything is green and they will even change the music to be more i don't know ska <laughs> like more irish in ways like it's just yeah. it's it's a fun theme night and it has history i appreciate it i think i like when teams do stuff like that i was thinking about something similar this weekend with the hall of fame game with the flames and the leafs and i was thinking it would be cool if the leafs had a throwback sweater they could wear on nights like this but i guess they're like current home and away are just throwback style anyways with the the actual like good looking maple leaf not that shitty blocky one they had in the 90s yeah but i'm all for just trying different things with these sweaters let's honor the past let's create something new i I like that reverse retro thing that adidas was doing for a while now that adidas is gone we'll never see those ever again but i like trying different things and i just Just wait more fanatics i think is going to do some wild shit like i think well yeah 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 no i agree there's a good chance that they do you know something pretty cool and different so they're a very innovative company and that's why i think you know it'll be interesting i'm a fan of throwing it back even if we're throwing it back to 2013 when demarlo hale was a member of the toronto blue jays coaching staff and which he is again now in 2023, the team announced today that DeMarlo Hale is going to be brought into the Toronto Blue Jays as an associate manager below um, uh, John Schneider. And this is a coaching staff that already has Don Mattingly, for now, as, an as the coordinator. offensive coordinator. I think he's also the bench coach and offensive coordinator. And I was looking it up today. I'm like, how many fucking teams in Major League Baseball, have a manager, an associate manager, and an offensive coordinator. And I don't know what the exact numbers are, but what I do know is that the Texas Rangers has a manager, an associate manager, and an offensive coordinator. I'm like, all right, I can't even fucking judge at this point. They literally just won the World Series. 
So maybe there's something to this. Maybe that's kind of the the path that Atkins and Shapiro are looking at right here of maybe we can start mimicking success in other organizations in ways like this, that maybe we don't have the ability to add some of the pieces that we want to add, like in Otani and like a Bellinger. But what if we spread out the responsibility and we found a way to get the most out of our players? I think DeMarlo Hale could be a very good addition to this team. Speaking of Otani, though, before we get into that, did you hear the rumor that he was in Toronto having dinner with all of the Jays front office, Kikuchi and Kikuchi's family? Yeah, I, I don't believe that for a second. I, no? I saw that tweet as well, and I'm pretty sure that was a parody account. Okay. I think that's the same parody account that says like, hey, Shohei Otani just spotted in Chinatown today. He was buying sneakers. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, but so yeah, I did racist. see that one where it said. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, is that like real or is that? Dude, anyone can go to Chinatown and buy sneakers. I mean, no. uh, anyone can go to Chinatown and say they saw Shohei Otani. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, I, tomorrow, okay. So is John Schneider just Tom Smikowski? <laughs> like, he physically takes the specs and gives them to the other coaches. Like, is he just, what does he do here with the Blue Jays now? <laughs> you know, well, I think, I think Snyder is going to manage the game itself. And you're right, going to rely but- more on DeMarlo and Mattingly if he sticks around, which he won't. Uh, and whoever takes Mattingly's position when Mattingly leaves to be the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. I think it's Brewers, whoever it was. Um, I don't know I think- that that's the case, man. I don't think Mattingly's going that quick. I like I honestly don't. I think he's gonna have I think he's giving the Jays until a certain date. Like I think there's an agreement well, that we're gonna act Schneider if they start two and twenty. Well now I'm curious though. So like if Snyder is cut, and I'm not saying he should be, although he probably should be. Um if he is let go who gets the job? Is it Mattingly or is it DeMarlo? Because Mattingly. DeMarlo had a lot of history managing this team because he was the bench coach back in 2013 through 2018. And how many fucking times was John Gibbons thrown out of the game? <laughs> and DeMarlo Hale would have to be the de facto manager of the team a lot. Also, I think real Gibbons talk led the league in ejection. So knowing this team's makeup, right? Wouldn't John Gibbons be the perfect manager for this team right now? I think John Gibbons never should have lost his job as the manager of this team, honestly. No, both times. But even but right now. Yeah, right yeah. now he'd be perfect. I just... So you say that John Schneider's managing the game, but you have Mattingly as an offensive coordinator, so mm-hmm. he's managing the offense part of the game. I don't know if he's managing the offensive part of the game. He might be. <laughs> Very well could. Or maybe I, he's the one like managing the conversations with the players about their offense. Yeah, I think of it like a, not necessarily the strategy of the game, but the strategy of your at bat. Because if that the, makes sense, the strategy of the game is what is real concerning for John Schneider. No, mm. of pulling yes. right. <laughs> yeah, so, kind of, well, but maybe if you're saying just focus on this, don't worry about everything else. Mattingly will handle the guys from a granular level of what they need to do with like their the game plate. plan at the plate and their sideburns. And making sure he no longer has his sideburns. Yep. And then DeMarlo, as the associate manager, might do more of the administrative stuff that needs to happen. So, like, if you have to deal with handing over lineup cards or stuff like that. Honestly, I don't know. I'm trying to make the, make this up as I go. But like, I, I, I can see the world of them saying, 
why don't you focus on this one thing, get this right, and we'll bring in other people to do other things for you. Then you shouldn't be the manager. Well, but we've seen it work in other places. So it, I mean, it's literally just only for the, the Texas Rangers. Yeah, okay, but who's the who's the manager of the Rangers? I don't know his name. <laughs> I don't remember his name, honestly. <laughs> the guy's like 100 years old as an old baseball guy. Uh-huh. So that's where things are different. Like they don't have a they don't have an, I, I see. In, like the the baseball guy. Bruce Bochy? Yeah. How old is Bruce Bochy? He's like Bruce seventy-eight. Bochy is he's sixty-eight years old? I was close. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was a decade off. John Schneider's but what, like forty? Forty? Yeah. I just think so. And this is one of my problems with sports, but like it is inevitably the always thing about sports is when a team does something and wins, every team starts reacting to it. And every team starts saying, well, we're going to do the same thing. So the one time that it's worked in a hundred years is you're going to do it. I just think that the difference with the Rangers, as Jim pointed out, and the Jays is, is you have a guy like Bochy, who's a career, you know, baseball head. And again, not to say Schneider is not a baseball head, but he's been around the block. He's managed teams. He's managed players. He's done this, that he could have been the one, or they could have had a discussion. He's like, you know what? Let's try something new. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Give, or, uh, Schneider doesn't have the history, yeah. the expertise, and the leeway to say this will work or this won't. Go look at the last World Series champion managers. Like Dusty Baker, 100 years old. Friggin' yeah. Bruce Bochy. Might as well Bruce be playing bocce on a Sunday because he's 80. <laughs> like that's like these guys are these guys are seasoned vets at the helm. You know what I mean? And every time these teams try and bring in the new young guy to be the manager, it doesn't work out. Like it's almost like I they have to they have to they, these man's got to simmer until like it's like oh, until the ripe old age of 61 and then you, then you're primed for manager, aged like beef. You're ready for the ready for the show as a manager if you're 61. Should be like a drinking age. They shouldn't allow you to be a manager of an MLB team unless you're 61. Or like, yeah, I, I agree. I just think that there's some stark differences between the managerial capabilities of Bruce Bochy versus the managerial capabilities of John Schneider. And I think that with a guy like Bochy, he's probably saying, look, if we do this, this is great because then I can focus on this. I can do this. I can do this. And he's like, it opens it up a world of possibilities for me to put my attention to on other things that may impact the game more for John Schneider. It sounds more like you're not capable. We need to take things away from you. I actually think it's, it's like Bochi can focus on the baseball. Do you know what I mean? Like the gut feeling of leaving a pitcher in because that's your horse and you're a baseball guy and you know that it's fucking angels in the outfield, Tony Danza. He's probably going to die after this game. I'm going to leave him in. Like that's, that's the type of, like baseball decisions that a baseball manager makes. Schneider's doesn't have that, that bait. And I was a Schneider, like, give him a shot, give him a shot. Oh, and I think now in retrospect, it's because he wasn't Charlie Montoyo. Uh, <laughs> I think that's so, a lot of people's thing. Right. So he, he just doesn't make those, those baseball decisions, you know, guys in a slump, 
I'm gonna leave him in there for one more at bat because he's gonna turn this thing around. You know what I mean? Like he just he doesn't have that. Like there's baseball. It's a weird energy, man. Where you know hunches, pinch hitters, pitchers like Bochi Baker game. would never have pulled Bar- Barrios, regardless of what management says. They would have told management to go fuck off. This is my baseball team. Or Jim Leland would have hacked a dart and told him to fuck off and throw it right back in the face. <laughs> right? A big Razor Ramon vibes with a, with a dart. Chico, <laughs> even though he's not even Hispanic. He's the Jim, Leland, dude Jim Leland would say... <laughs> Jim Leland would say Chico. <laughs> right? He'd be like... He would turn into a Cuban and throw a cigarette at management. Be like, I'm not pulling him, Chico. <laughs> then or just grab right one of the face. Cubans on the team to say yeah, it for right him. in the face. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I I, I agree. I I was not a fan of him, or not necessarily not a fan. I was hesitant with Schneider being the manager, saying he's what this team needed. I was very very. I I just don't think he's capable yet, but I just think this is more indicative of he was overwhelmed. I was uh, just looking up how old Cito Gaston was when Hope he won. Perfect back. age for this team. <laughs> Cito Gaston is uh, 79 years old right now. Perfect. Call, Call him, him up. up. Yeah. And what, the Blue Jays would have won a World Series Fucking almost 30 years ago? Get him a get him a season's pass so, to Wheeltrans and get him to the so studio. <laughs> so just saying that Cito Gaston would have been like in his late 40s when he won yeah. the World Series with the Blue Jays. Right. So That was then. We're talking about now. <laughs> Oh, right. Okay. Game I, I understand. Sure. The, game, the game has evolved. <laughs> uh, a game that hasn't evolved is the world of professional football. Sometimes, um, as much as you want things to go your way, they just don't. And that's mainly uh, fantasy football, actually. That's what I'm, um, my biggest concern is right now. Uh, my biggest concern is that um, Derrick Henry sucks, and my fantasy team sucks, and nothing I can do about it. You know, it's just Me sometimes too, that happens. My fantasy team sucks too. I and what I, I will say this week before it even started. Although my fantasy football team sucks, I will say that for ten consecutive weeks, I have been correct in picking a winner. Last week, I picked the Cowboys over the Giants. I know that was a ridiculously difficult bet to make, but. I picked the Cowboys over the Giants, which is correct. I'm now 10 for 10 in this uh, year in the NFL. And then James picked Seattle over Washington, which also paid. And Maddie, what happened? He picked the Cincinnati Bengals over the Texans. And you figure that would have been a conclusion. DJ Stroud uh, is him. Mm-hmm. Goddamn. The Bengals could not get it done over the Texans. So... That is one thing that is just wacky about the NFL this season. And look, I know we we said at the beginning of the year when I said on this program that the Pittsburgh Steelers are the worst team I've ever seen. (laughs) But with the Ravens losing and the Bengals losing and the Steelers winning, they're not at the top of the division yet, but they are one win away, the Pittsburgh Steelers, from being the top of the AFC North, and that doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. Mike Tomlin wills the team to victory. He sure does. Oh, yeah. 
we'll quickly fly through some of the scores and notes from the NFL this past week. We had the Bears and Panthers play the shit bowl on Thursday night. Two of the worst teams you'll ever see take the field. I will say that Foreman had a hell of a game, and I think that's because he's sitting on my bench, and that's probably why he had a great game. I'm sure I'll start him next week, and he will have a shit game because that's just how it goes. Speaking of shit games, though, I feel like this is a common occurrence in the NFL. Every time they go to Europe, the games just suck. Yeah. Now, this was the Colts and the Patriots, so it's not like it's two good teams anyways. And you got Minshew out there, but a, a, a 10-6 final, those poor German dude, fans. <laughs> dude, get sit through the, that god-awful game. The New England Patriots are in full tank mode. It yep. is Bailey Zappi season for the remainder of the year. Mac Jones is persona non grata. He's showing up to the facilities. The doors are locked. Did you see the clip of Mac Jones just getting yelled at on the sideline? That was just sad. I felt bad for the guy in that moment. It's like, over. What do you want him to do? It's over. The yeah. Mac Jones experiment, over. Mac Jones, Belichick, I think it's over for both of them. At the conclusion of the Texans-Bengals game, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, CJ Stroud has entered the conversation for MVP. I was like, huh. I mean, they're probably joking, but at the same time, like that's not outlandish. Statistically speaking, he's the best rookie quarterback of all time so far. Devin Singletary had himself a game as well. 30 carries, 150 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> it's like, what? Where did that come from? If you all think right. about the, like, the, and this is what we kind of talked about at the beginning of the year, right? Like when we were like, the Texans, you know, they're not going to be great, but they might not be that bad because they've surrounded, they've surrounded Stroud with capable players, right? Like, Collins and, and Dell are, are young, but Singletary and Dalton Schultz, like these aren't young guys. Like these are guys who are no, like they're safety nets for him, right? Like for a while there, you can count on Schultz being first touchdown pass uh, or first touchdown of any Texans game, you know? And I think it's it's helping him develop and, and have those options that he can count on. It's great, man. Like, I don't know, man. There's something very cool about watching CJ Stroud play football. What I will also say is that I am firmly on Team Josh Dobbs right now. Wow. What a fucking story this guy has been. I know, eh? Getting off the sinking ship that is the Arizona Cardinals. You say that. on. Well, it was a sinking ship. And now with essentially no time to prepare last week, enters into the game and has an incredible performance, and this past week takes down the Saints. I know the Saints are what they used to be, but hey, man, a win's a win. Well, not with Michael Thomas in jail, but the... Uh, hey, sometimes construction people deserve what they get. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, Dobbs has people shaving their eyebrows. Dude, <laughs> oh my it's hilarious. God. Dude, people, oh, no. people are going... Hundo Charlie Villanueva out there in support of Josh Dobbs. And it's, it's, dude, everyone in Minnesota is just going to perpetually look surprised. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's good for him, though. You know, I, in Minnesota, like Jordan Addison, man, that kid is going to be something else. We mentioned it earlier Steelers got a victory. Unfortunately, um, I mean, they're playing the Packers, so that's not necessarily that surprising. 
Uh, Steelers are four and two at home this year. Packers one and four on the road. Jordan Love not good. No, (laughs) Jordan Love no love, not good. No, Uh, Buccaneers just pumped the Titans, who are now zero and five on the road. That's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, the Bucks. I mean, they took care of business. Mayfield. I'd rather have him than half the quarterbacks in this league sometimes. Quietly, Baker Mayfield has had a very good season. Yep. Niners just pumped the Jags. I actually took the Jags to win this game in in, uh, one of the many tickets I had this weekend. I was saying to myself, you know, Brock Purdy is no good. That's not necessarily the case. He had three touchdowns and almost 300 yards. I said, McCaffrey's going to slow down at some point. He didn't get in the end zone, but he... You know, he still had a very good game for Christian McCaffrey standards and uh, George Kittle is still a monster. So, yeah, when all those things happen at once, it's going to be a rough day at the office for the Jags. And it sure was. Niners get healthy. They'll be fine. Yeah. Browns and Ravens made no sense other than the fact that I think Lamar Jackson's not as good as we want him to be. (laughs) You've given up on Lamar already, eh? Uh, He's firmly on the bench on my fantasy football team from now until the end of time, essentially. Because let me guess, they win like they did last week, but he does absolutely nothing almost, just hands the ball off. That's a problem. Yeah. Like you'll have a game where Gus Edwards will score, you know, three touchdowns. You're like, well, couldn't Lamar run one of those in? Couldn't he throw well, one to Gus Edwards? They said that like, you know, people say his arm is underrated, but again, like you're saying, like, who are you going to throw to? Like, Mandrews can only do so much. Well, I mean, that's why they went out and they acquired Odell Beckham Jr. And who? But again, that guy's old enough pass. to manage an MLB team. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why Lamar Jackson is has found his way firmly onto my bench is not just because he's not scoring touchdowns, but it's because the prodigal son has returned. The Call of Duty aficionado, one Kyler Murray, is back, and he is running underneath the legs of all the defenders. Sure, not the best performance, but Carolina won a game. They're now two and eight. Arizona. Don't know why they're winning games. I don't know why they're trying to win games. <laughs> yeah. Is the Patriots like, please, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Arizona, for winning games? Um, yeah, they they defeated the Falcons, and fortunately, if you look at my picks over the past few weeks, where I went week seven Seattle over the Cardinals, week eight Ravens over the Cardinals, week nine Browns over the Cardinals. <laughs> I, I think I said on this show, like, you know what? Actually, we discussed this because we were looking at the lines and we're like, we were going to take the Falcons. We were joking. We were, we were like, Man, the Falcons, this is, a, this is a good idea. But like, no, Kyler might come back. Carolina's going to win one. Not only did uh, Kyler come back, but so did James Conner as well. So all of a sudden there's stars playing for the Cardinals. So maybe mm-hmm. there's going to be some competition there at the bottom of the, the bottom of the league. Definitely at the bottom of the league is the Giants. They are also now two and eight. They lost yeah. to the Cowboys forty nine to seventeen. Yo, low key. I am reading. You want to make money? The Cowboys are playing sub five hundred teams. Bet the take the points. If the Cowboys are playing quality teams, bet the other team to cover. Mm. They are the Dak is atrocious uh away like look at it he's atrocious away from home and against quality teams the only reason the cowboys are any sort of good is because they beat up on atrocious teams five touchdowns for dak prescott in this one uh (laughs) 
I'll, this game was incredible. And I think it has a lot to do with uh, Montgomery being back. And my goodness, what is a he game. back? 41-38 lines over Chargers. Keenan Allen had 175 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have seen that that video floating around on social media of like these guys on the street just giving each other the middle finger and it just keeps escalating of like a different way of giving each other the middle finger. Anyways, that was like essentially what Montgomery and Allen were doing to each other back and forth. They're just like, oh yeah? How about this? Oh uh, yeah? How about this? And yeah, that was the funnest game to watch this weekend by far. Unless you're like me and you like to see the Jets lose, which they did against the Raiders of all teams. Sad, sad game, man. Like again, Zach put together a very decent game. I'm starting to I'm starting to get a little bit curious about Nathaniel Hackett's play calling. Um, every time Zach seems to get in a groove, it's almost like he gets scared and he starts running the ball and it takes him out of the 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 rhythm that he's in. And then last night was just like a wonderful drive into the 20, 20 yard line and then like the guy throws like his first pick in a while and just to to close the game out. And I, I just you know, between last week where you know, his receivers were fumbling and Conklin couldn't catch a ball in the end zone to this week. Like it's, you know what too? It is a shame that a historic performance of a defense like this is being wasted uh, with a team that can't score a touchdown. They haven't scored a touchdown in 12 quarters. That is it also. You also might have to say some of this has to do with Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach of the Raiders, who took over for Josh McDaniel. Hell of an attitude change. Dude, I don't know if you saw like the comments he made during the week last week of like the practice squad players and how he said um, Josh McDaniels didn't allow the practice squad guys to be on the sideline during games. And he said, no, nah, that's not the way I do things. Like they, They're with us all week. They should be rewarded to be on the sideline. So they're part of the team. Why wouldn't they be there? I'm like, fuck yeah, man. I like this guy. This Dude, is this is a player's coach right here. I Mark am... Davis, listen, uh, people were criticized. Mark Davis knows what Raider football is. You know, his dad was the owner for so many years. He's now the owner. Like the Raiders, I think, are going to be going in the right direction. Um, you know, I uh, heard on commentary, uh, they Pierce wants to build around Josh Jacobs on offense and Spillane on defense. And listen, they've if I don't know what Aiden O'Connell's gonna be, but he played decent enough to win. Yeah. Against a very good and defense. The game I skipped over was the Seahawks and Commanders. Seahawks won it at the last second field goal, which is pretty cool. A lot of games but, were run in the last second last last week. Yeah. And I say that's the last game because the Broncos and Bills are going to be kicking off in about an hour from uh, as we're recording. So we don't know the result of that one, although I'm, I like to believe the Bills are going to win that game. But fuck, man, who knows? The Bills have been rough. Dude, lately. they're only seven-point favorites when they really should be double-digit favorites. Yeah, they really should be. Um, I feel like this is a game where Josh Allen is going to try and fix it himself. Like, this is a very dangerous game for the Bills. The Broncos are on a two-game heater. The defense is playing much better, and Allen's going to try and and do something miraculous to show he can do it. 
and he's gonna fuck it up. I just have the, I just have this gut feeling he's gonna throw three interceptions. Well, that brings us to week eleven. It's time to make our picks of who we think is going to be a surefire oh, lock into well, a surefire lock to hopefully make you some money going into this week. Of course, it's not official betting advice. We're not sponsored by FanDuel, but if you do want to reach out to us, FanDuel, uh, please let us know, and we will gladly do a commercial ad read for you. However, uh, we're not sponsored by them, and yeah. Just look, yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at the schedule this week, there are some interesting ones here on the board. I think I went first last week, so actually I went second last week. So, James, I think that means you are going first this week. So far, James, you have taken the Minnesota Vikings. And again, you can't take the same team more than once throughout the season. We're doing it like a survivor pool. So, James, you've already taken the Minnesota Vikings. You've taken the Chargers. You've taken the Jags. You've taken the Chiefs. You've taken the Jets. The Rams, the Browns, the Texans, the Saints, and the Seahawks. Saints, so I mean, Saints. if you want, like I mean, the, the Bears is right there for you. You can still take the Bears. <laughs> uh, I think. Have I taken the Forty ers You have not taken the Forty ers Forty ers over Bucks. We're going to jot that one down. San Francisco 49ers over the Bucks, And the 49ers are a 10.5-point favorite going into that one. They are, of course, at home as well. Maddie, what about you? Ooh. I'm like, do I take the Texans over the Cardinals? <laughs> I, honestly, I was looking at that game, too. I don't feel good about it. No. So I, I, think, I, I, I think the Texans are, what, like one and a half favorites? Texans are four and a half favorites as of right now over the Cardinals because they are at home. And the Texans, I mean, CJ Stroud's MVP candidate, apparently. Have I taken the Dolphins yet? You have taken the Dolphins a week three over the Broncos. Fuck. I was going to take them over the Raiders. <laughs> um, <clears throat> shit, this is a bad week. I don't know, man. Has you taken the, <laughs> have you taken the Lions? There's an easy one. Yeah, I no, I think I have taken the Lions. You have not taken the Lions. So Lions over the Bears. Let's fucking go. <laughs> the Lions over the Bears. I watched no football this weekend, so I'm like so out of it, like how teams actually did. So this weekend uh, coming up, I'm watching football all week. The Lions are a 10-point favorite over the Bears. They are at home as well, and the Bears are uh, dreadful. So that is a perfectly fair one to take, and I understand. I... He was going to oh. take that one. No, I couldn't take that because I've already taken the Lions at week oh, five. Okay. And I was just going to say I was going to take Miami, but I can't because I took Miami in week two. Yo, that Texans-Cardinals game might be yours. This guy's here is over. The streak is no, over. He's got to pick real teams now. No, no he's going to take the I'm Vikings over the Broncos. The Texans. He's taking the Texans. I'm taking the Texans over the Cardinals. That now makes the Cardinals... One, two, three, four times I have <laughs> said the bet against the Cardinals. Uh, Houston is four and a half point favorites. They're at home. Uh, they have the MVP and CJ Stroud. And if you were to p- package all those together, throw five bucks on it, you would make five dollars and thirty four. Double your money. So Let's go. Anytime, anytime you can double up some money. So throw a hundred bucks down. Yeah, put down five hundred. No, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> I will not do that. But hey, if you feel like you want to, I think you need to uh, find some professional gambling help. <laughs> Nevertheless, it is uh, now time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. 
right is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week and it is everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the segment where we get to hear maven's entrance music from his incredibly long run in the world wrestling federation i'm gonna go first because i we kind of briefly talked about this on the show today and i feel like you guys may take this one so i'm gonna say it first Mark Giordano ah. gets my shit this week <laughs> because he is the old man on the Toronto Maple Leafs, the oldest man in the NHL skating currently at 40 years old, and he dropped the gloves on Saturday night and filled in a face. So I appreciate the fact that the oldest man on this team and the oldest man in the NHL is doing what he needs to do regardless of his advanced age. So shout out to Mark Giordano. Me? Yeah. So my shout out goes to multiple people. It's considering we talked a little bit about what this weekend was. It was the Hockey Hall of Fame induction weekend. So my shout out goes to Tom Brasso, Henrik Lundqvist, Caroline Houlette, Pierre Turgeon, Mike Vernon, Ken Hitchcock, and Pierre Lacroix all getting inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame tonight, which is the actual ceremony and their speeches. I, I just think it's really cool night they do they do a whole weekend for it there's the game that toronto's always involved in obviously because of the hall of fame's here and it, it really especially now because for us a lot of these guys going in were guys we watched a lot of yeah um so it's kind of cool to relive some of their moments especially a guy like lundquist or someone like caroline Ouellette, who we got to see some really iconic moments in hockey um come from so i just it's kind of different than it was 10 years ago for us. So yeah, shout out to them getting inducted in the hall of fame. Talk to a guy at the sports card expo, who was a real big Pierre Turgeon fan. Cause he was there signing too. I guess it helped that it coincided with the hall of fame. You could get these guys in. Actually, I wonder if they do that on purpose. If they have the expo next to the hall of fame game, so they can bring guys in cheaper travel, like Probably. a, like a wrestling promoter. Um, <laughs> uh, but he said, I said, you're not a Dale Hunter fan, are you? He said, nope. By the way, go up and look up the clip of Dale Hunter hitting Pierre Turgeon after he scores. Iconic. Um, iconic. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to shout out uh, eating a little bit of crow. I was going to do the Geo thing, but I'm going to shout out Willie Nylander. That dude mm. is... Are mm. you off the trade him train? Um, I, am off, I am on the pay him train. So for nice. me, there are two trains. Trade him or pay him. I'm currently on the, the pay him train. Uh, and I think there's ways they can make it work and they should fucking make it work. The dude is scoring goals that I've been asking him to score. He's a big boy. He's a thick boy and he should be going to the net to score goals. And he is doing that. Um, he's not shying away from puck battles and that's all I asked. Uh, I and don't he takes expect the subway him to work. He does. Uh, I don't expect him to be a Selkie candidate every year. I don't expect him to be, uh, you know, up for defensive forward of the year at all but i do expect him to be uh you know a man about his game and he has been this year and i'm hoping it's not just because it's a contract year um so yeah i bought his rookie card out of respect this weekend at the show and shout out to willie nylander it's amazing yeah. what happens when 
the Edmonton Oilers are the shittiest team in the leagues, and all the focus is taken off the Maple Leafs. And we the can Oilers just suck. focus on Deep Nylander. Except let's let's let, let's not forget that we have to wait seven days for them to play a game because they're going to be in Sweden on Friday and Saturday, and you know hopefully this doesn't have adverse effects for the return trip. Maybe that's where he'll get his extension. I mean, it'd be pretty smart to announce an extension for Nylander in Sweden. That'd be I pretty mean, br- is he's Canadian, isn't he? Like he's born in Canada, oh, isn't he? Well, he's yeah. born in yeah, but he identifies as Swedish. Okay, <laughs> identifies, but <laughs> identifies as Swedish. Yeah. Well, I, I go to IKEA a lot. I don't identify as Swedish. Yeah. But honestly, though, they got they got to get that sorted out because at this current rate, that dollar keeps going up and up. Yeah, it certainly does. And we thank you for joining us for another episode of 43.6, which of course was brought to you by Now Your Treasures. We'll see you next week. And until then, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered.